Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Today we're starting off our names of God, and we're going to talk about Jehovah Magani, which is the Lord my shield. The Lord my shield. In Psalms twenty or Psalms thirty three twenty, it says this: We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. He is our hope and our help. And our shield. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you just know that you've prayed and you asked, you just need Jesus to help you, to protect you, to shield you? And this is just the promise of God that this is one of his names, that he is our shield. He is our shield that is going to protect us and keep over us. And as we read through scripture, we read over and over again how God is our shield and he is our shelter and he's protecting us. And we're going to look at a whole bunch of scriptures today that hopefully you will write down a couple scriptures that are just going to be an encouragement for you. It's going to be a promise of God that it was going to help you. Maybe not even today, but it'll help you later this week or in a month from now when you're going through a tough time and you just need an encouragement, a reminder of the promises of God. Not only is he there to shield us, but he's here to protect us and hold us close. Now, we realize when we talk about shield, we immediately think of an object, something that you hold to protect yourself with. And if you look up shield in the dictionary for definition, that's the first definition. It's a shield, it's a protector, it's something that you hold. But in the second definition, it actually says a person or a thing providing protection. A person providing protection. And this is who the Lord is. This is who he is for us. We read throughout scripture, we read in Psalms 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. He's our refuge. He's your strength. So a refuge is a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. And just as I was preparing this, I felt like there's somebody here that's either in this room watching online that you need to write this scripture down. That God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble because as a refuge, you feel like something is coming after you throughout the week. And you need a place of refuge and strength. Now, as I was reading through this, I read the word ever-present. Those two words, ever-present. And I don't know why, but it just stood out to me. So I just did a little word study on ever-present. And the way it is better translated, there's two different ways that it's better translated. One is abundance or exceedingly. And you'll realize when you go to read it why it's uh, translated to ever-present. But abundance help in trouble or exceedingly help in trouble. So no matter what you're going through, whatever you're journeying through right now, whatever you're walking through in this moment, whatever you feel troubled with, God is there with exceedingly help. So whatever you're hoping for, whatever you're praying for, God, I just need you to help me. God has that help and exceedingly. He has way more than you can imagine for you. You have exceedingly help in trouble. Jeremiah 16, 19 says, The Lord my strength and my fortress, my refuge in time of distress. 
Has anyone in the room, have you ever been under distress before? How about maybe in the last year? Anybody feel a little distressed? This is a verse. You ever have verses that you're like, I'm going to write these down. I'm going to memorize some of these. This is one I encourage you. We shared with you a long time ago a Bible app to help you with memorizing Scripture. This is one I would put in there. Just so that you can remind yourself, Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in time of distress. He's always there to strengthen you. He's always there to help you. He's right there beside you. And I don't know about you, but I love the fact that not only is he there to help, but he will never leave us or forsake us. He's never going to leave you hanging dry. Even in situations where it's not even trouble, it's not distress, you just, you need his wisdom and guidance. For me, it's just something natural that if I'm in line at a grocery store, or if I'm checking out somewhere um, at, a, at a store or wherever I'm at, I will, if I feel prodded, just to start talking to the cashiers. And I'll just ask, like, how's their day going? How's their week going? And just begin a conversation with them. And especially around Christmas time or when I know it's a stressful season. Um, if you've ever worked retail, you know that Christmas season is in crazy and the customers are insane. And so at that time is when I always ask cashiers, how are you doing? How's your week? And I'll actually ask them, how are customers treating you? Because I want them to know that somebody appreciates them. Because if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be buying what you're buying. Or you'd have to figure out the self-checkout and then pray for salvation after. But I remember I stopped at one cashier and it was just over at Zare's. And I was talking to her and as I was checking out and I just felt like, ask her how her week's going. So I just started to ask her, hey, how's your week going? Are you getting ready for Christmas? How's your family? And I just, when I asked her, how is your week, she gave me this look, and, and I just looked at her, I'm like, no, no, I actually care. I, gave, I could tell that she gave that look of, why are you asking, are you actually asking, do you actually care? And I was like, no, I actually care. And she began to tell me, as she's just, she's still doing her job, I'm still talking, and, and she just said, you know, told me about how her week was going and how her husband was sick, and they weren't sure if he was going to celebrate Christmas with them or not. And so as we're checking out, I'm just asking the Lord the whole time in these conversations, I'm praying the whole time, obviously not out loud because they're talking, but I'm praying and I'm just like, God, help me. Give me words to speak. Help me to love them. Help me not to be offensive and just give me words that show that you care. And I remember with this one lady, she was checking me through and I just said to her at the end, as we were just kind of finishing up, I'm like, can I pray with you? Which she gave me a stunned look and she kind of looked at the line because it's Christmas time, it's busy. And I said to her, I said, I promise it won't be long and it won't be crazy. To which she said, sure. And so I just kept doing what I was doing. So I was paying debit and everything, and I just kept talking. And I just prayed with her for like literally 10 seconds as I was doing the debit machine. Nobody would have known what was happening unless they were close enough. But at the end of it, when I said amen, I grabbed my bags and I said, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. She looked at me and she said, thank you. I hope you have a Merry Christmas too. And it meant a lot to her. I was in another store, I was at Chapters, and I went in to buy a book. And I was buying a book on how to learn how to have good conversations with people with a different understanding of culture. So in other words, they have a different fundamental belief systems. So it's called counterculture, and you're, you're reading to understand, how do I have conversations with people that we disagree with? But how do I do it in a loving, respectful way? And so... 
I'm at chapters, I get called around to this weird desk that's way off by itself. And as I'm walking around the corner away from all the cashiers to one cashier spot with one person, I knew immediately that God was up to something. And so I walk around the corner and I come up to the desk and I set the book down and the guy's talking to me and he looks at the title of the book and he goes, counterculture, what's that about? I'm like, well, it's actually to help have conversations with people that you don't see eye to eye with. You don't agree on certain topics or certain lifestyles and and ideas of life. And he goes, oh, that's interesting. What do you do for a living? Why do you want to read that? So immediately I'm like, he asked straight up what I do for a living. Normally I try to like work around saying I'm a pastor. But immediately I'm like, I'm a pastor. To which he was like, oh, I have a question for you. And I'll let you know that when they go to ask a pastor who they've just met a question, it's never what I think about the weather. (laughs) So he asked me this very deep question about lifestyles. To which I'm standing there immediately before he even asked. And I'm praying in my heart and in my mind, Lord, I need your help. Give me wisdom. Help me not to be offensive. Help me to love. Help him to see you. And I won't tell you the question. I won't even tell you what I answered. But at the end of my answer, he looked at me and he just said, that's probably one of the best answers I've ever heard. To which I can honestly tell you that right in that moment and today, I still say, thank you, Jesus. Because all I was thinking was, I'm buying this book so I can have this conversation. (laughs) Jesus will not leave you hanging. If you trust him and you know that he's there to walk with you, and if you are walking with him, and hear my heart, when I say I'm praying the whole way through the conversation, these are not deep theological prayers. I am not quoting scripture. I am literally praying in my head, dear Lord, help me. Give me words to speak. Let me be loving and not offensive. Let them see you. That's all I'm praying. And trust me, not in those orders. It's all over the place. Because I'm panicking just like you and going, man, God, you put me at this cash register. You put me in this conversation, so you better get me out of it. And you know what sometimes the best answer is? I don't know. I'm not sure. But I know that God loves you. And that's it. But he will give you the words to speak. Because he is your shield. He is your protector. He wants to use you. He wants to work through you. So much so that not only does he put you in the right place, but he's there before you get there. That's why they're asking the question. They don't all of a sudden go, hey, this is a Christian. I have a deep question that I want to ask. They have been wrestling with this question And God has been setting them up just as he's been setting you up. And you end up together at the same moment because God wants to speak to them. And he's deciding instead of a donkey, he will use you this time. You just have to be faithful to listen. He goes before us. He sets it all up. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Here's the big one. Do not fear or be dismayed. God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. He knows it, and he wants to work through you. Therefore, he goes before you. 
We just need to trust him over ourselves. If you don't know, if you are honestly like, Chad, I don't know what to say, that's perfect. Because then the only thing you can do is trust in him. It's when we walk into a conversation knowing what we're going to say, where we're probably going to get ourselves in trouble. Because it's our opinion. And we won't speak in God's love. We need to trust him over ourselves. We need to pray continuously so he can direct us. And hear my heart. When I say pray, pray continuously, you've heard my examples of what I pray. If you're not sure what to pray in a conversation, just pray this. Dear Lord, help. Dear Lord, help. And if you don't know what to say, bite your tongue. Dear Lord, help. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Be strong and courageous in him. We all know that we have our own weaknesses. You don't have to tell me my weaknesses. I know them. And ones that you don't even know about. The biggest critic on Sunday mornings about how the service goes is right here. And because of these lovely plexiglasses, I preach to three of me. We all know our own weaknesses, but through him, all things are possible. He will use you. He will speak through you, and he will go with you wherever you go. And that shouldn't scare you. It should actually bring you confidence that no matter where you are, no matter where you find yourself, no matter where you step in, he is with you to guide you, to lead you. We just have to put our full confidence in him, our trust in him, and he will walk with us. D.L. Moody, he says this, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. By God's help, I aim to be that man. Do you know that you could be that man? You could be that woman? To show the world what God can do through someone who is fully consecrated to him. Who fully will walk where he tells him to go. Will fully speak what he tells him to speak. Will fully trust in everything that he has in the Lord. Because see, here's the amazing thing. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's about our confidence in God. Because no matter who you read about in the scriptures. Or who you read a biography about. Or what wonderful things they did for God. Amazing things these men and women in the past have done for Jesus. Or ones are doing today and you're like, oh, if only the same spirit that lives in them or lived in them lives in you. You can. It's just how much trust, how much faith will you put in Jesus? Isaiah 45.2 says this, I will go before you, I will, le- I will level the mountains, I will break down gates of bronze, I will cut through bars of iron. He goes ahead of you, he levels whatever is in front of you, whatever you think is stopping you, he will level it, he will break down the gates that are stopping you, and he will crush and cut out the bars in your life. 
That's way better than you're responding. That's for you. Whatever mountain in front of you that is stopping you, he's going to level it. He will break the gates that are in front of you. Whatever bars in your life that you feel imprisoned by, he will cut them out. It's our level of trust. He is our shield. He will protect you. He goes before you. Psalms 139.5 says, You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Not only does he go before us, but he watches our back for us. Isaiah 52.12 says, But you will not leave in haste or go in flight, for the Lord will go before you. The Lord of Israel will be your rear guard. He's in front of you. He's protecting you. He's guiding you. He's leading you. But he also has your back. You don't actually have to worry what people are saying behind your back. God has it looked after. What we're responsible for is our character. If we have godly character, if we have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, then the Lord will look after everything else. Whatever people are saying, whatever people are doing, you don't have to defend yourself. God will defend you, and your character will prevail. The hardest part is realizing that it's not our battles. They're not ours to fight. God is our shield to protect us. The hardest part is realizing that it's not our battle. I want to read to you from 2 Chronicles 20, and we're going to talk about this chapter for a little bit. 2 Chronicles 20, I'm going to read you verse 15 and then give you a little bit of history. 2 Chronicles 20, 15, it says, And he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, for all who lived in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. If you read chapter 20, you'll find out that what's going on is the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the Minites, all the ites got together. And they want to fight against Judah and Jerusalem. And because all the ites get together to fight King Jehoshaphat, their army is huge. They've pulled together three armies. So their army greatly outnumbers King Jehoshaphat's army. And if you read earlier in chapter 20, it says right in there that Jehoshaphat was afraid. He was afraid. Have you ever been in a trial or a tough situation, and if you're honest with yourself, you're honest with God, you would say, yep, I was afraid. I can identify with King Jehoshaphat. I didn't see the army, but I felt under attack, and I was afraid. So Jehoshaphat, he calls all the people together. He calls them all together, and he calls them to fast and to seek the Lord for help. When you don't know what to do, if you're not sure what's going on and you're not sure what your next step is, I would encourage you to fast and pray. Fast and pray is a great place to start. Now, fasting is when we go for a time period without food and we pray. So if I'm going to fast breakfast and lunch or I'm going to fast lunch, in that time period, I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend time praying. It's not a hunger strike. 
We don't starve ourselves until God does what we want. That's not what we're doing. We're fasting and praying. So what it does is it kills our flesh. It quiets our flesh so our spirit can hear God more clearly. Now, if you don't think your flesh has to die daily, try fasting. I've told you before, I can go the whole day without eating. I can wake up in the morning, have some coffee, have some water, and just go the whole day. And I don't have to eat. I don't have to do anything. And I'll eat supper. That's a regular day for me. I can do it almost all day long, every day. But the moment I say that I am going to fast breakfast and lunch, and I wake up in the morning, I feel like my stomach is eating itself. And I've never been so hungry. So I'm telling you that as much as we go, no, no, I think I'm good spiritually. I can hear the voice of God. If you're not sure what to do, I encourage you, take some time, pray and fast. If you're looking for wisdom and guidance right now, pray and fast. So he calls everyone together. They fast and they pray. And then one dude stands up. And he speaks and he says this. Do not be afraid or discouraged. The battle is not yours. Now here's the amazing thing. We read way earlier in the chapter that Jehoshaphat is afraid. The first thing that God speaks to him in front of everybody, he speaks to his feelings. He identifies them. And he says, do not be afraid or discouraged. The battle is not yours. And then he continues in verse 17 and he says this. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm. Now realize something here. He already knows not to be afraid. He's already been told that the battle is not his. But he is not told to go sit on the couch and watch Netflix. He's told to show up. Hey, the battle's not yours, but take your position. You got to show up. You got to be there. Take your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. If you go and you read 2 Chronicles 20, you'll find out that these instructions is three verses long. And in those three verses, twice, the beginning and the end, the Lord knows Jehoshaphat. And so he says it at the beginning and he says it at the end, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Maybe you're here, maybe that's the word you need today. Maybe you're going to leave here and you're not going to remember a word I said, but accept the fact that don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Because God is with you. God understands how we feel. He won't ignore your feelings. He gave them to you. Now, our feelings will lie to us at times. But he will identify them and he will speak to them. He will especially speak to them when they are leading us away from him. He will speak to them. Jessica Van Roken, she says... The battle is not ours to fight because God wants to reveal his holiness, love, and power in our lives. We tend to trust what we can see more than we can't. Oftentimes, the battle that rages around us is a spiritual one. 
but a heart that's submitted to the Lord in humble dependence and faithful obedience will see the victory. God wants us to lean into him when trials come. When difficulties happen, he wants you to lean into him. Because when we lean into him, when we come to him as a refuge and we hide ourselves under his shield of protection, that's when he will show us who he is. He will show us his holiness, his love, and his power. Because the victory is his. We continue reading in 2 Chronicles, in verse 20, it says, Early in the next morning, early in the morning, they left for the desert. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood there and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. Isn't it interesting? The day before, twice as God spoke to him, he said, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. And the next morning, he stands up and he tells all of the people, have faith in the Lord, your God, and you will be upheld. Do you think he learned something overnight? Now listen to the instructions he gives. Verse 21, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Who did he send out ahead of the army? He didn't send the biggest warriors. He didn't send the strongest men. He sent the worshipers. He sent the worshipers into battle. They led the army. This should teach us something. This should tell us something, how important praise and worship is in the middle of trials. Now, I don't have this verse on the screen, but follow along and just understand what's happening here in verse 22. As they began to sing and praise, they're just leaving the camp. They're going to where they're supposed to go. As they begin to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the man of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the man of Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the man from Seir, they helped destroy one another. And verse 24, it says this, When the man of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, they only saw dead bodies lying on the ground. No one escaped. By the time they got to the battle, that they were probably still nervous walking towards, by the time they got there, the battle was already over. The army that was coming at them was defeated and dead. The next, the next verses tell us that they went in and plundered everything. They walked away with all the possessions. They were blessed by it. Whatever you have to show up to tomorrow, whatever you have to show up to this afternoon, whatever you have to show up to this week, whatever conversation you're nervous about, whatever interview you're nervous about, whatever situation is going on right now, God is already there. He's your shield. He's protecting you. 
Trust in him and remember that the battle is not yours. Remember that our battle is not against flesh and blood. So we pray to find out, God, what is actually happening in this situation. Lead us and give us wisdom, guide us and direct us. And then when we show up for those meetings, when we show up for those interviews, when we show up for those situations, those tough conversations, it could be over before you get there. Because the battle is not yours. Second Chronicles 20 teaches us several things, and we'll fly through this. The first one is this. It shows us that we can still be living righteously and face the enemies along that long to attack us. King Jehoshaphat was a godly leader. Somebody still wanted to attack him. So you can still be living righteously and still face trials. Many of us in this room, I know that's not a surprise. But sometimes some of the trials and some of the attacks that we have are just anything that's contrary to God. That will draw us away from him. So no matter what comes at us, he still is our shield and he will protect us. We need to lean into him. The second thing is we need to seek God. If we seek God in the face of trouble, we will receive help we need and we will receive it when we need it. His timing is different than ours but we will receive the help that we need. If you notice in 2 Chronicles 20 that Jehoshaphat didn't start his prayer off in worry. If you read through it, you'll see that when he went to to the Lord in prayer, because he didn't know what to do, he didn't start off with, Dear Lord, this army is coming. It's so big. He started off with reminding himself in prayer of how big God is and the things that God has already done for them. Many of us, when we go to prayer, when we go to talk about our situations, we need to remind ourselves how big our God is and not how big our problems are. Number three is we need to believe God. We need to believe God. When God speaks to you and says, this battle is not yours, I have it, are you able to, most times, unlike me, keep your hands out of it? We have to be able to believe him. See, God gave them three messages. It was up to them whether they believed or not. He told them to not be afraid or discouraged. The battle wasn't theirs. That was one. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The battle's not yours. They had to believe him that they, weren't getting, they didn't have to prepare for battle. Where to find the enemy and they were to march towards them. So, hey, the battle's not yours, but still Go. The battle's not ours, but we're still supposed to go. Yeah, should we be prepared to fight? Nope, the battle's not yours. You're just supposed to show up. I'm supposed to show up and not be prepared? Yes. Well, uh, uh, anybody else wrestling right now? This isn't who I am. You give me a problem, I want to solve it. We've got to believe God. Instead of fighting, they were to take their positions and see the deliverance that God is going to do. We need to believe him. And we need to stand and watch him. Number four, we need to tap into the power of praise in our lives. We need to tap into the power of praise. The Lord moved on their behalf as they went out singing and praising. Praising God actually reveals our level of faith in him. Praising him reveals our faith in him. When we praise the Lord with our voices, we remind ourselves of God's amazing love and goodness. 
We remind ourselves. We're not reminding God. He knows who he is. When we're singing praises in here, we're praising him for who he is, but we're reminding ourselves of who he is. And our praises lift our eyes off of our situation and plant them securely on God. And when we worship God in the middle of a trial, when we worship God in the middle of hardness, it does confuse the enemy just as what happens in here. Whatever God is tempting you with, whatever he tries to pull you away with, whatever he tries to stir up in you, when he attacks you, when he tempts you, when he stirs you up, when he pokes you, if you begin to worship God, he will stop. His desire is to pull you away from God. He's actually okay if you just sit still. But when he pokes at you trying to pull you away from God and you begin to worship God, he will stop poking you. Because he actually wants to leave you alone. He doesn't want you to go closer. You have a hard time sleeping at night because your brain's running? Start praying. You'll fall asleep fast. Don't feel unspiritual. The enemy stopped bugging you. We need to turn his attacks into praise. And it will confuse him and he will stop. Psalms 33, 20. We wait in hope. For the Lord, he is our help and our shield. If you are in a trial or facing something challenging today, put your hope in the Lord because he is your hope, your help, and your Jehovah Magni. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are our shield. You're here to protect us. You're here to comfort us. You're here to uh, cause us just to be enwrapped in you, that you fight the battle for us, that we don't need to do anything but just rest in you. Help us to be plugged into you so we know your voice. Help us to press into you. So, Father, forgive us of the times that we tried to do it on our own. Help us to come to you first. Lord, help us to fast and pray. Lord, we know that you are for us. We know that you go before us, that you are also our rear guard. And so, Lord, help us to remember that the battle is not ours, that we don't need to defend ourselves, that we trust in you, and that the battle we face is not against flesh and blood. And so, Lord, help us to lean in and trust you and to worship you. Help us to turn struggles into praise. And Lord, give us the wisdom and peace and strength that we need. Continue to be our shield in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you go today, if you're facing trials, I encourage you to pray. I encourage you to worship today. Celebrate who God is. Remind yourself that he stands with you and he is for you. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.